What an awesome morning that we get to be here in the new year and worship God and praise Him for all that He is for us. Amen. Well, Mark is on vacation, and if you're watching online, Mark, um, hope you're having a well-rested vacation and just some peace and quiet. And um, so when he asked me to speak today, he didn't really give me any guidance on where to go because we just came out of the Christmas season, and next week we're starting a new series called Supernatural. And so he just said, whatever you want to preach about, you preach about. <laughs> and my head was spinning, y'all. Like, I didn't... <laughs> There's all sorts of things. And like someone that gets to preach and I preach other places, I always have things I want to talk about. And especially after I got to preach here in the summer, the day, the day I got home, I told my mom, I'm going to preach about this next time. I'm going to preach about this next time. What, about the, what, 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 what do you think about that? Do you think that would be a good message? And so as I began to dig in with God, he put vision on my heart. And the one thing that I didn't want this message to be was, you guys got your... New Year resolutions ready, you guys going to trust God and everything will be great this year. And I didn't want it to be some touchy-feely, although true, I didn't want it to be touchy-feely and something that, you know, you felt good today and tomorrow didn't hold any substance, you know what I mean? And so before I even get started, I'm going to be completely uh, transparent with you guys and be honest with you guys that what I'm preaching on today, this week has been tough. Um, I've I've had a tough week, just like some of you guys have had tough weeks, and I'm preaching on vision, and, you know, I am trusting in God, um, although the week that I had, I'm still believing that God, because Satan put all these things in my way this week, but I'm living proof that all the weapons that come against me, all the weapons that prosper, that none of it matters if I have Jesus, that Jesus can come through every situation that we can see the light in every situation. And I'm up here proclaiming that this morning, amen. amen. So I'm gonna pray, because I'm super nervous, because you know, last time I preached, Mark had a lot of input, and he just kinda let me have free reign for this one. So I'm gonna pray, and we're gonna get into it, okay? Jesus, you're so good. Um, God, even when we forget it, um, God, you're the reason that we're here. You're the reason we're gathered. And just like we say, God, you're the way maker. You're the miracle worker, even though the week that we all had, that there's going to be light and the darkness, and you're going to come through in every situation. You're so good, and we love you so much, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. So I'm preaching on vision, and I, and I even have a, a vision for this message. And my vision for this message is that every person in here would see a new thing that God is putting into your life for this new year that he is going to make himself known to you, that he's going to draw near to you in this time. So as I began to look in Scripture to try to find, you know, vision in the Bible, I came across Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour my spirit out upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. When I read that, that kind of gets me excited. That gets me kind of goosebumps. You know, our, the old men are going to start dreaming. The young and the old will see visions. They'll start prophesying. And ever since Jesus died, we're in the last days. We've seen that in the Bible throughout. As soon as Jesus died, they thought, man, we better get ready. 
because Jesus is coming back for us. So we are in the last days. Like it says, we're in the last days. I'll pour my spirit out upon all people. What does that mean? It means God is ready to do a work, ready to pour his spirit out on anybody that wants it. Does anybody want it in here? <laughs> I want the spirit. I want God to put a vision into my heart that we can change the world, that we can be Jesus to people who need it. So when I met with Mark a couple weeks ago, I kind of gave him the, the idea of what I was going to preach about, and he's like, you know, that's good, but what about kind of the seasoned people of the church? I've, I've tried so many ways to not be rude about, like, old people. <laughs> like, there's just no great way to say it, and I'm sorry if I offend anybody, but... <laughs> So how are you going to make this relevant to younger and older people? <laughs> See, there's just no, I don't know. Okay. Anyway. And so as I began to think about this, I dove back into Scripture, and I found Proverbs 29, 18. Believe it or not, we're going to look at the King James Version for this one. And it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Mm. The people perish without vision. And I got a message for people in here, young and old, that if you're still breathing, if you're still in this room, if you still made it to this year, you have a purpose. There's a reason that you are here. And I don't know what this year has looked like for you, but y'all made it. You have a purpose in this life. Believe it or not, you can still dream even though you've been through life for 60, 70, 80 years. There's so many things that God still wants to do, whether you've been following Jesus for 50, 60 years, or you're 70 years old and you just found Jesus yesterday. It may look like that, you know, the visions and the dreams that you once had are gone. But I'm up here telling you that we serve a God that is really good at bringing dead things back to life. He brought Lazarus back up from the grave. He brought Jesus back up from the grave. You don't think he can have a dream of yours that he can't raise up from the dead? Old men will dream new dreams. What does that look like in your life? I know a lot of you have grandkids and you have even kids yourself. Begin to pray that God would does, does a new thing in their life. Because I know a lot of people still don't know Jesus. I know a lot of people, their grandkids don't know Jesus. Their sons, their daughters don't know Jesus. And they want to encounter him. Your, your grand, and believe my, my grandparents are prayer warriors all over us. They pray every single day that we would encounter the love of a father like we've never experienced before. Even though some visions don't work out like we thought, God is ready, God is willing to do a new thing in your life. Now, when it says that if we don't have vision, the people will perish, I don't necessarily think it means that if we don't dream dreams, if we don't see vivid visions, that we're just going to die. But even scarier, I think that it means we have an opportunity to waste our life. Do you guys catch that? I think wasting a life not surrounded by God 
is worse than just dying. And we're going to read Proverbs 29, 18 again, but in the New Living Translation. And it says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. And I know some of you younger people are still running wild out here. <laughs> but this comes to my first point. And it says, you can't have passion without vision. If you don't have a vision for a job, you don't have a vision for anything, what's the purpose? What's the purpose of caring if you don't see a vision for it? And that's the million dollar question that we're going to ask today, is how do I unlock this spirit-filled vision? When I started thinking about this sermon, I asked a lot of my friends and a lot of my family, you know, what's, what, does, what do you want to see God do in your life this upcoming year? What do you want to see God activate in your life? And I got some good answers, and I got some, but the answer that happened the most was, I don't know. Like, well, what do you mean you don't know? I don't know what I want God to do. Well, where do you want to go to college? I don't know. What do you want your job to be? I don't know. Well, do you want to get married sometime? No. And it just blew my mind because I have visions for everything. And if that vision doesn't work out, I'm really upset. <laughs> when we don't have a vision, we don't have passion. If you don't have a passion for life, like I said, you have a chance of wasting it. Not accepting guidance from God in running wild is one of the easiest things to do in life these days. There are so many ways that we can get sidetracked, that we can lose our focus because of everything the world has to offer. And when we look at John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Have you guys heard the term that the devil is like a lion prowling? That's scary. Because I've seen so many ways in this world that God has, or that uh, the devil has just destroyed people. He's taken a lot from people. And that minute we become weak and we lose the divine guidance of God, the devil is right there. I've seen it just this week that I lost my focus for just a little bit and my mind lost track. And I know you guys aren't, maybe some of you aren't used to preachers being honest and expressing how they mess up. We aren't perfect. I'm not perfect. I told my grandpa that actually yesterday when we were talking, and I was like, believe it or not, I don't have everything together. And he's like, really? <laughs> so I think he kind of knew before I even said anything. So now that we are aware that we need to accept the guidance of God to unlock vision, how do we still get the vision? And my next point is unlocking vision follows obedience. Hmm. Obedience. How many times in our life do we 
know what God wants us to do. We feel what God wants us to do. And we're still just like, I'm going to go the other way. And so many of us are wondering, God, just why? Why am I not seeing miracles? Why am I not seeing my life transformed? And I've used this excuse a lot. I'm just too busy. And I got to go to work the next morning. I can't have 15 minutes to pray. Look at your life outside of church. Are being obedient in his word? Are being obedient in your prayer life? Are you obedient in all steps, in all ways that God is calling you to be? Because God and Jesus, want, they want to use us. They want to do mighty things in and through us. And I heard a pastor talk about this. Look at all the things that non-believers have done. Look at all the inventions that they have come up with. God is ready for us to be used by him. But we have to take that first step, and we have to say yes. You want me to reach out to that person? Yes. You want me to take that job? Yes. It's hard, and it's not easy, and it's not fun. But the second we do it, God is like, hmm, I've been right here. I've been right behind you. I'm ready to do that new thing that you have been longing for. There's a well-known story of when Peter was in the boat, and there was this crazy big storm, and Jesus walks on the water to him, and he says, Peter, come out. Come out onto the water and walk with me. Now, Peter gets a lot of hate because he was hesitant at first, but I guarantee you all of us would be like, "Mm, are you sure? But Jesus gave him the vision, Peter, get out. Follow me. You will not sink. I promise. And it may look like he's about to sink, and it may look like maybe, is that Jesus? Is Jesus calling me to do that thing? Is it something else? But Peter obeys, and he steps out onto the water. You know, he starts walking on the water, but then he realizes, I'm in the middle of a storm. You know what he does? He focuses elsewhere other than the eyes of Jesus, and he begins to sink. And what I did, what the, the question that I asked is, why did he begin to sink? He saw the vision that God gave, that Jesus said to him, "Come, you will not sink." And it's not that P, it's, and it's not that Peter didn't have vision. He had a broken vision. You know, he trusted God in the beginning, and I've seen this in my life. I've trusted God, and Jesus is like, yes, here you are. Come. And then all of a sudden, we're like, I'm going to go this way. <laughs> and we begin to sink. We don't, and we don't even realize it, that the second we lose sight, the devil is right there ready to take us under the water. And I've been here since May, and I haven't really shared my testimony yet. Um, And I'm going to share some of it because I feel like I was the same way as Peter, you know. I fell into what the world 
have. And I lost the vision, and now I'm standing in the vision. So back when I was about 11 or 10, 10 or 11, my cousin, um, he died from brain cancer. He was only 18 years old. And, you know, that really put a lot of question into my heart, into my mind, you know, just why. Why, is, why did this happen? You know, are you a good God like you've said you are? And then at the same time, my parents got, um, a, a, and then a couple years later, they got um, a divorce. And that's when I really just felt just alone and angry and just didn't quite understand the concept of what God was trying to tell me. And then a little bit in the midst of that, um, I ended up getting a felony charge. And it wasn't like I wasn't some big criminal in that, but and it was like one of those things that if you get caught doing it, you're in trouble, but a lot of people do it. And, but I got caught. And I was just thrown in for a whirlwind. You know, my cousin died. My parents are getting a divorce. I'm a 13-year-old facing a felony. And I felt so worthless. What parent wants to claim a 13-year-old felon? And I sat down when the day, I think it was like the day we found out that it was like, a, like it was as bad as it was. I think we were at my mom's school and we just left and we sat in my living room and talked about it and I just told my parents, I was crying, I was like, I don't believe. I don't believe God. I don't believe that he's as good as he says he is. I don't believe that this book has any meaning because I don't see it. And how many of us is that our default that when our vision doesn't work out, our life doesn't work out, all of a sudden God's not good. All of a sudden he, he ain't real. He didn't do what I wanted him to do. And as I began to go down this journey, I ended up in church again. And during the worship, I went down to the altar with my family. And I was just a mess. <laughs> just so broken, so bitter, so lonely. And I got down on my knees. And I said, God, I can't do this anymore. God, I'm broken. I have this giant in front of me that I can't get over. I can't see the purpose of my life. And that's when I said, God, I surrender to you. On my knees, God, have it all. And later, a couple months later, so I start on this walk with God again, and I start drumming at the church, and um, I get involved with some of the um, pastors, and I just start telling them, you know, this is what I feel, and they help me along. And I go and meet with this prosecutor, with my um, lawyer, and I essentially just start preaching to these people in there. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, this is what God is doing in my life. He saved me. I'm not the man that that was. That was a mistake. Look at me. I'm a new man. I've been saved. And, you know, they're just kind of like, and they have to write down everything I say, so they're just like, yeah, kind of crazy now. <laughs> and my lawyer stays, and I leave, and he, and he comes back out, and he's like, I don't know what you did in there, but great job. 
And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, they're willing to work out a deal with you. If you, do so, if you just do some community service, write a couple letters to your parents and to the detective explaining what you did wrong, we'll, 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 we will erase it from your record and you'll no longer have this charge. And if you just sat me down in that room or in a room back when everything was bad and you said, hey, I know you're only 13, but in four years when you're 17 years old, you're going to be preaching. Probably would have said something I shouldn't have to you, honestly. <laughs> but I would have been like, I don't, what are you talking about? When God sends you through a battle, when he sends you through something, he will not send you in your own strength. He will have, your, he will have his strength behind you, backing you up, all the way through. Because even, just like we're saying, even when I don't feel it, even when I don't see it, you're working, you're working, you've never stopped working. So why did Jesus call me? Why did Jesus call Peter? Because Peter clearly didn't have the strength to walk on a storm. It's because Jesus saw a purpose in Peter. Jesus saw a vision in Peter. He saw a vision in me. Some people may see an alcoholic. Some people may see a drug addict. God sees a conqueror. He sees someone who can fight. You may seem worthless. Jesus says, you were well worth it when I thought of you on that cross. You may see disease. I see a God who raised the dead. All of these things that we see people as, that we see ourselves as, God is saying, you are my son. Do you get that? I'm not going to leave you. And some earthly fathers may. But I'm the one who died for you. Son, daughter, I want to do a vision through you. Just accept me. And you know what happened when I was kneeling down right here at an altar? Jesus was hugging me and he said, I've been waiting on you. <laughs> I've been right behind you every step of the way. I'm so glad you see it. And you know why? Because it came after obedience. And I thought about when I was writing this and thinking about this, what if I wouldn't have went down to that altar? What if I wouldn't have started praying? Who knows where I would be? The first step is obedience. No matter what you feel like you are, Jesus sees something so extravagant in you that you don't need to click that website to get satisfaction. You don't need to drink that bottle to forget. And everything that I've said, I've disowned God, he says, I don't care. I just want you. I want your heart. And so y'all get the vision, or y'all get the reason why we need vision. And you are still asking, how? How do I unlock this vision? And I have three steps. And the first one is write it down. Whatever vision you see for your life, 
Whatever you, I've, and I believe that God is going to start moving into the hearts and souls of everybody in this room, activating a vision in them. Whatever vision you get, write it down. In Habakkuk 2.2, it says, Then the Lord answered me, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he, that he who reads it may run with it. I have a vision for my life. And my vision used to be that I'm going to become this famous pastor and I'm going to preach to millions and sell out arenas and I'm going to get that blue check mark on Instagram and I'm going to have a milli followers stat. <laughs> and as I began to wish for this and want this, God straight up slapped me in the face. <laughs> and he's like, is that really all you want? Is Instagram followers <laughs> to look cool, have cool sneakers and preach in, a, in like an arena full of people? Yeah, it's cool, but he's, but he's saying, but he told me, if you would just understand me and understand the vision that I actually have in you, all that stuff will seem like nothing compared to what I want to do in you. And now I have this vision that God, you know, I don't know how many people I'm going to reach, but I'm willing to take the steps to do whatever I can to preach to people and to lead worship to people. Got my pride out of the way, which a lot of people I've seen in this world need to do. And understand that God can do miraculous things if we just get out of the way. Writing down is a physical thing that takes it out of your mind and into paper. Put it somewhere where you see that vision every single day. I see myself 50 pounds lighter. I see myself blank. I see myself going a day sober. I see myself, whatever it is that you need in your life, write it down. Step two, abide. A synonym for abide is obey and hold to it. I know in my life, there's so many things that we see and we lose track of what the vision was because we get focused on other things. Well, their vision looks cooler. I want that vision. Hold to the vision that God is saying to you. Worship in it. Abide in it. Read your Bible in it. Trust that God can do it. And the third step is wait. We live in a world that needs instant gratification fast. I mean, we don't need waiting in the drive through line takes too long that we have to pre-order our meal and go and pick it up so we can skip the line. Do you know how crazy that, like, that makes no sense. We have to skip the fast food line that goes fast to get it even faster. Or like how insane Google is. We look up something within two seconds and we have 90 million suggestions on what we should look up next. Believe it or not, that's not how God works. And that's the part that I struggled with this week is that 
I had a vision that seems like it's getting stripped away from me right now. And the first thing I wanted to do this week was get it back and fix my vision. And I don't know what God is saying to me right now, but I know he wants my attention. And I'm going to say, and I said to God this week, I did actually say this. (laughs) Ministry sucks because I have to live out what I'm about to preach on Sunday. (laughs) And my family has to watch me go through what I'm going through and see how I'm applying it to my life. Or they can look at me and say, that dude's fake. What do people look like? What do people see in you when stuff goes wrong? Do they say, he's kind of fake. You know, he, he told me advice, but he, but he isn't even living it out. Wait on the word that God has spoken to you. It's not about how long you wait. It's about what you do while you wait. Are you going to forget that you even have a Bible? Are you going to worship while you wait? Or are you just going to sit back and go into cruise control? God is ready and willing to do incredible things in everybody's life in here. Imagine a world, and I'm going to invite Roger up here to sing, but imagine a world and imagine this church if we all just took a second to wait on the Lord and say, God, I need you. I want to unlock this vision in my life. Because there's empty seats in this place. And I know all the pastors have a vision in here that, of this church, believe it or not, that we want to see this entire place filled. We will do whatever it takes to get this place filled. It starts with y'all. Part of following Jesus is reaching other people. But we can't reach other people if we're not obedient, we're not casting visions for our own lives. And we're going to take communion. And what communion is, is I believe that was Jesus' vision to us. That even though he knew that he was going to go die, he sat his disciples down and he said, this is what I, this is what I am. This is my vision for you guys. When you see this bread, that is my life that was broken and shattered for you. When you drink this juice, remember it as my blood that was shed for you. Now, we're going to do something. Um, as Roger sings this last song, if you need vision for your life and you need God to activate something new in your life, take the step. You can come down and kneel before God right here. We'll have pastors that can come and pray with you.
and take this communion as an acceptance of God. God, I accept your body. I accept your blood that was broken for me. Don't worry about what other people are going to think of you if you come down and come down here. Because it doesn't matter to anybody else between you and God. Do not miss something that God wants to do in your life because you're scared. He's willing and able to do crazy things in your life if we just say yes. So this time is yours. But don't wish tonight that you would have taken that step. Do whatever you feel like you need to do. If you want to stand and worship, if you want to sit and worship, just don't miss out on the opportunity that God wants to do in you. I'm going to pray and we'll do it. So God, I just thank you. I thank you for this time. I thank you for the cross that you died on. God, I pray that you just continue to move, you continue to speak in this time. And God, we want to get out of the way. God, we don't want to interfere with what you want to do. So God, I pray that you come, you be with us, and you give new vision to everybody in this place. It's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen.